You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Keeps offers a simple, affordable, and stress-free way to keep your hair. Low-cost treatments start at just $10 a month. And Keeps offers generic versions of the two FDA-approved medications to prevent hair loss. Keeps has everything your hair needs, delivered straight to your door with discreet packaging and proven results. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com onion to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com onion to get your first month free. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash onion. The Geeked Podcast is your weekly energy boost of the world's fandoms and stories you love. Hosted by Princess Weeks, author, YouTuber, and connoisseur of all things Sailor Moon and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Tessa Netting, actress, musical theatre nerd, and lover of all fictional villains. Mm, Each week they will break down the top stories in the land of geekdom and then take a deep dive into the lore of Netflix worlds bigger than our own. Worlds like Stranger Things. The Umbrella Academy, of course, The Witcher, and many more. This podcast is a must-listen for anyone who is scouring Twitter feeds and fan wikis dying to theorize and talk about their new show that they are obsessed with. New episodes of The Geeked Podcast come out weekly. Follow The Geeked Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to follow at Netflix Geeked on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Harmonize with me and hold me tight all through the night. You're shining bright, I'm your oyster, baby, you're my pearl. We're back! Yes, we are, Dom. Now, you aren't here. You're not here where you normally are. You're there. It looks like, are you in the shower? Is that right? Is that a shower curtain? No, but it looks like I, I put the curtain, like, halfway in my screen. Do you think that was wise? Well, it just, it looks like half disco curtain, half shower curtain, but you look great. But if I do it any more that way, you'll see my bed, and I didn't want you to see my bed. Ah, if I do it that way, yeah. then it's like quite dull, isn't it? You've, you've smashed it. You're filming, are you having a nice time, an actor's life for you, etc. Lovely stuff, Don, but obviously I miss being in the studio and being with you and having a nice time on our two lovely chairs. Well, we have a fantastic guest today who we're going to bring on, but Billy... Uh, I think it's always nice to start with a riddle, don't you? Because we like a riddle, you and I, and we've been quite quite successful with riddles at conventions recently and riddles on the show, so you ready for a riddle? I could go a riddle, actually, Dom, because I've been learning lines and I feel like my mind needs to go somewhere else, so give me me a nice riddle. Come on, Dom. Okay, darling. Now, here's a riddle from Zach from Iowa. Florida. New York. California. I'm gonna. I'm just for the heck of it. I'm gonna say the squidgy part on the bottom of your index. No, just above. Wait, go up, up, up. Oh no, wait, go along, go along, go along. No, the other way, the other way, the other way, the other way, the other way. No, the other way, the other way, the other. Yeah, that's it. 
Keep going that way yeah. towards your thumb. No, no, towards your thumb. Towards your thumb. Towards your thumb. Keep going towards your thumb. Towards your thumb. Towards your thumb. Towards your thumb. Stop. Now go up. Stop. Now go your right. Stop. Let's say there, Iowa. Pretty good, John. I'm getting a nod from John. Yeah, I'm getting a nod from John that was like this, which yeah. is pretty good. Pretty good. Well done, John. Right, I tell, I, you, Thank you. You took a long way around. I see the, I did. what you did there. I think we should do that road trip for our two-year anniversary. We'll do that road I'd trip from to. here along up and there, and we'll stop in Iowa, and we'll go and see our in friend Iowa. who sent the riddle. Yes, lovely Zach, and we can do riddles and tongue twisters along the way. But here's a riddle from Zach in Iowa that says this. Here we go. <clears throat> I am a vessel without Ooh. hinges, lock or lid, yet within my walls the golden treasure is hid. Mm. A vessel, Dom. Using the word vessel makes you think that's important, doesn't it? Yes. Now, to, to define the word vessel, it's usually something that holds something, right, is a vessel. Is that kind of a good dictionary Yeah, definition? I would think so. Or... or also, it makes me think of a boat. Is a boat called yeah, a I vessel? Yeah, a boat too. But, I mean, boats have hinges and locks and lids, don't they? Yeah. But what, what was the thing? What is, the, what is it it holds? A golden what? The final uh, line here says, yet within my walls, a golden treasure is hid. Is the word golden like, is that a metaphor of something kind of expensive and, and you know, kind of shiny? Or is it actually something gold in terms of color? Somewhat, somewhat. It is. It's gold. It's gold, Billy. It, this thing it is, is gold. actually gold, and it's within the walls, and it's a vessel. Like if I were to say, "Oh my God, the sunset! God, it's beautiful. This the golden rays are falling upon me." Here we go. I'll give it you one more time, Bills. I am a vessel without hinges, lock, or lid. Yet within my walls, golden treasure is hid. So what's kind of yellowy, goldy? No, close Wait. though. I mean, you're in the you're is outside. Is it a beehive? No. Oh, I thought honey. Is it the pyramids? It's not, not the pyramids. I thought beehive because honey can kind of be gold. I thought it was on there. It was, I thought it was. On yeah, something. I thought that was quite good actually, Tom. I'd say golden good. honey is kind of like vessel, the vibe. vessel without hinges, lid. What other thing? What was it? Locks. Should we ask Johnny for a clue? Yeah, ask him if he could give us a clue, would you? I'm trying. I'm trying to think of like a good clue that's not too obvious. Is it? Um, is it in the natural world? Is it something that? Yes. Occurs? So it's not a man-made thing. It's something in the natural world. It's a natural world. It's a living. It's part of the living world. Part of the living world. Maybe. A, oh. So it must be an animal. What's what animal is gold? Of a dinosaur. Oh, a dinosaur, you said. Hang on. Is it a Tyrannosaurus Rex? Is it a Triceratops? They're not gold. <laughs> um, something very old. Something very old. Is it my grandmother? <laughs> getting warm. Is it, is it Granny Boys? That's Actually, what it is. you said <laughs> mother. That's in the ballpark. Mother's in the ballpark. Is it a womb? Again, you're you're in Hang the ballpark. On, a, you're on the field. It's some something that holds because the golden treasure is probably a baby animal, maybe. 
So I said, a vessel. You're, was you're on the field. You're very you're close. On the field. An egg. The first. An egg. It's an egg. I've done it. Wow. It's an egg. Of course. An egg. Well, that's very good. It's a very good one. Well done. Hey, Dom, can I read out this by uh, E. Ramirez, who uh, watches us on YouTube? And uh, we actually met him. We met him at the live, the very first live taping mm-hmm. of the Friendship Onion, which we enjoyed, didn't we, Dom? Oh, we absolutely loved it. This, uh, this message is uh, so lovely that I put my glasses on to take it seriously. Please, right. please continue. Here we go. Listen to this from E. Ramirez. They're beautifully written. He says, I am a huge fan of the Friendship Onion and was surprised by the intellectual curiosity, kindness, and light-hearted attitude you express on the show, along with the manner in which you do not necessarily fixate on giving an answer or viewpoint that is anything but honest and sincere regardless of the vulnerability shared. A contrary impression given by other Hollywood celebrities. Do you have any recommendations for philosophy or other literature that help shape your positivity and jolly disposition that you exude? Because often with great wisdom can come great sorrow. But you seem to have found a balance of silent sorrow in the face of such wisdom and intellectual curiosity. Listen to that, Joe! My goodness. Wow, there's a lot of big words there. Do you have any books or uh, anything you've read or listened to in philosophy that you would like to share with the people of the Fellowship Onion? Fellowship? Friendship. I was actually saying, telling this to my trainer today. Uh, I very often, I mean, I listen to Alan Watts quite a lot. He's an interesting chap if you guys are interested in, in philosophy and, and someone who uh, spent a lot of his life exploring Zen Buddhism, um, but there is a relatively old now PBS documentary narrated by Richard Gere about the life of Buddha that includes some wonderful uh, allegories and stories and legends and tales, beautiful music, you know, Indian-based music, and very often, if I am maybe cooking in my house and uh, I just want something under the background or if I'm meditating or I go to sleep at night, I'll either have a little Alan Watts or a little documentary about Buddha. And you can find both of those things on YouTube. Thank you. Lovely stuff. Well done, Dom. Now, do you think it's time now to uh, bring on our wonderful guest for this week? Well, yes, but you don't, do you not have any wisdom of your own to share, for goodness sake? Oh, I'm sorry, Dom. I thought, I thought you, were, yeah. you hit the nail on the head. Um, off the top of my head, why don't we say um, some lovely, lovely, quick little thoughts from, um, and I don't know if I pr- ever pronounced this name right, Tishnat Hang, mm-hmm. who uh, has, has a lovely positive outlook on life that I think is well worth mm-hmm. looking at. And if you fancy trying meditation, um, I would have a look at um, Paramahansa Yogananda. I agree. That's one of the most uh, incredibly influential books of my entire life, The Autobiography of a Yogi, which you bought for me many moons ago, my friend. And I've never bought your book since. I thought that was enough. That's, that's absolutely true. Well, with that in mind, why don't we bring on our illustrious guest uh, this week, Mr. Chris Mancini. Now, I'm, I'm not in the studio. 
um, as we've already mentioned and we know, but yes, I wish I was because we've got a lovely guest, lovely guest this week, um, and you're sitting with him, so you know him and you can smell him, whereas I can't. Yes, but everything else I can see him and hear him. Chris smells of elderberry jam. Yes, oh, um, do you know you, that? Chris. That would have been my guess. Do you want me to give you some background on Chris Mancini, Dom? Yeah, go on. While I'm sat here reading the blurb as well, go on. All right, here we go. Chris, this is all about you. Chris Mancini is a writer, comedian, filmmaker, podcaster, and also parent. He has written on everything from soap operas to parenting books to comics to horror films, which are all closely related much more than you would think. He has screened and spoken at various prestigious festivals and conventions, including Slamdance and Comic-Con in San Diego. He made his first stop-motion film at age 12, and he's been trying to get someone to greenlight a sequel ever since. He has written and directed award-winning short films, horror comedy feature film, Asylum, for Lionsgate, and was a writer and producer on Earbuds, the podcasting documentary for Comedy Dynamics, his published works include Pacify Me, a handbook for the freaked out new dad from Simon and Schuster, the comedy film Nerd's Guide to Movies from Morgan James, and Long Ago and Far Away from White Cat Entertainment with Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon master releasing in the fall of this year. So he's doing a lot, Tom. He's up to a lot. I have it right here. Chris, Chris gifted us both. A copy of Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master right here, so I'll save one for you. That's not even out yet. Hot, it's hot, it's steaming hot off the press, William. Steaming. <laughs> um, what about the... And um, also... What? Yes, yes, darling. Sorry, Tom, I was going to ask about Long Ago and Far Away. He didn't, he didn't have Please. to bring one of them in for us, did he? Well, I think Long Ago and Far Away is right here. Oh, brilliant, because that does look very good. And if you don't mind, we could start talking about that, Dom, because I know you like a graphic novel as much as the I next do. man. I and uh, that one looks like a brilliant one. So, Chris, first of all, welcome to the Friendship Onion. Thanks, guys. I am um, tickled pink to be here. This oh, is lovely. awesome. I um, was uh, really excited, been a big fan, so it's really cool. <laughs> Uh, welcome to podcasting, gentlemen. Mm, yeah, we feel oh, welcome. It's you. been, uh, I think we've just moved past a calendar year with the podcasting and we're, we're still also um, learning as much as we can. You had a podcast for, you were telling me before we started working, how long? A decade, yeah. Comedy Film Nerds. We did a, uh, we did, and we did a feature film for Earbuds, the podcasting documentary, a book, and we, I was also one of the founders of the LA Podcast Festival. Nice. So I really doubled down on podcasting. Now, I'm here to tell you about Public Goods. Now, this is a fantastic company. Public Goods is the one-stop shop for sustainable, high-quality, everyday essentials made from clean ingredients at an affordable price. Everything from personal care, household products, to coffee, toilet paper, shampoo, even dog food. And uh, Public Goods is your new everything store, thoughtfully designed for the conscious consumer. I love it. This soap, yes. The bar soap, shampoo, yes. And knowing what's in your products and where they come from is very important. They use a membership model to keep costs low and they pass on even more savings to their customers. And best of all, 
you can make your first purchase with no obligation. Join hundreds of thousands of others who have switched to the new Everything Store. And we've worked out an awesome deal. Receive $15 off your first public goods order with no minimum purchase. That's right. They are so confident that you will absolutely love their products and come back again and again that they are giving you $15 to spend on your first purchase. You have nothing to lose. Just go to publicgoods.com slash onion or use the code onion at checkout. That's P-U-B-L-I-C-G-O-O-D-S forward slash onion to receive your $15 off your first purchase. Since starting to incorporate Magic Spoon into my daily morning routine, I have noticed fewer cravings throughout the day. Sometimes I can even skip second breakfast. Also, I've started going back to the gym and uh, sometimes you don't want to have those protein shakes or anything like that. Magic Spoon is full of protein. It's a guilt-free snack. It's fantastic. Here's some facts. Zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. The honey nut flavor has one gram of sugar. Only 140 calories a serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. You can build your own box. The nine available flavors to build your very own custom bundle are cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, cookies and cream, maple waffle, blueberry, muffin, cinnamon roll, and my favorite, honey nut. Even more exciting... Magic Spoon has brought back their cereal bars. They were so popular, they brought them back forever, as far as they are concerned. Very convenient, on the go, and uh, a good companion for your cereal. Grab a custom bundle of cereal and be sure to use our promo code at checkout and you'll save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Confident in their product is backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. If so, if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash onion and use the code onion to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Billy, you want to talk about graphic novels first, and I think, why not? Why not? Yeah, if you don't mind, because I was just uh, looking at the, the last one you did, um, which uh, long ago and far away, uh, that was the one before the the one that you're about to promote, right? 
Yes. And uh, that one was like kind of like my love letter to fantasy, even with um, just I grew up reading these books, like, of course, of Tolkien and uh, Narnia. And I always thought, well, these kids always go to this fantasy world. They save the world from the evil witch. But then when they come back, what happens to him? What happens if a kid then becomes 30? He's an actor, runs a comic book store, and he has to go back into that world again as an adult and just makes things worse. So that was the premise of Long Going Far Away. So it's a comedy and a fantasy kind of combined. It's like kind of my love of fantasy with also my love of comedy and kind of putting it all together and how um, somebody deals with that lost luster of life that they had when they were 13, but now they're an adult and they, how do they get that back, that kind of childhood wonder to actually become the hero they once were at, at 13. Did you, did you know relatively right from the start that this was actually going to be a graphic novel as opposed to a movie script or a TV show or something like that? No, I just kind of had the story and it went through a couple of um, development cycles. It was like, you know, a TV show, then maybe a movie. And then it, it really started like, then it kind of like um, settled on my hard drive for, uh, for a little while. And I was like, you know what? This is a graphic novel. It really is. And uh, so I kind of retooled it, put it together, and then um, put it together with um, a Mark Wade. He has a, uh, a company, Thrillbent, that was online. And then the funding fell through, so he helped me kind of get it started on Kickstarter. Then it got picked up after that. So it was, it's a long process to get this um, story made. But it was one of those stories, as you guys know, that some stories just want to be told no matter how hard it is or how long the, the time passes. It's like that one out of like the hundred stories that I had on the hard drive, that one's like, no, I'm coming out. That's Ooh. the one that's, uh, that's going to really? get made. As the story as you told it there and, and what I read earlier just sounds fantastic because that sort of, you know, in the real world, when you're having an adventure, when you're 13 or 14 years old and how, how kind of, what a massive part of your life that can be and then extend that and make it about an actual fantasy character who goes to another world and then and then they're back in the normal world living with their mum and I, I just thought it was a it was a brilliant premise and uh, I think it's actually crying out to be a film or a tv show and might I suggest my yeah. friend Dominic Monaghan to play the lead I think would be wonderful. yeah. I think I would be fantastic at the lead, and I'm looking at the cover. I of, don't think it's a bad idea, guys. I'm looking at yeah. the cover of the graphic novel <laughs> right? here, Billy. There's a there's a guy, there's a guy just to the leads right who looks kind of happy and maybe his friend more than anything else. Yep. Billy, he'd be fantastic. That, is this guy? Yeah. That guy to the right, we'll call him. That guy's very small. What's his name? What's Perfect, his name, Chris. Yeah, what is it? His name is Phil. He's the uh, kind of the sidekick that goes along for the ride that uh, gets through the um, gets through the portal as well. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. Yep, I'll do that. Thank you very much, Chris. What about your journey, Bills, with uh, graphic novels over the years? Because we have spent enough time with each other and with other people who are into graphic novels, where things have been kind of swapped around and stuff. And obviously, you have a sixteen-year-old son. Has he ever got into graphic novels? No, not really. And even with us going to um, conventions like yourself, Chris, you know, and you know what it's like. There's great artists there, and you know, and and wonderful stories that are being told. But he's n it's never been a something he's got really into. Um, well, maybe he doesn't like crowds, so that's yeah, maybe. But even even when yeah. I bring him back, uh, um, a graphic novel, it's never been something he, he really 
other than, and that's more a comic book, he he got into The Flash for a while, so he was reading some mm. graphic novels of uh, The Flash stories. But, uh, mm. no, not really. But I've always enjoyed, occasionally, I forget about graphic novels a lot of the time, you know. You, you, you pick up novels and, and I forget. And I was at a... Um, a store there the other day, a bookstore, and, and they had a good graphic novel section. I thought, God, I, I must try and figure out, you know, which ones should have been read in the last few years and get back on that, you know. Mm. What ones would you suggest, Chris? There's a ton of really good stuff. Um, there's a lot of things like uh, like the superhero ones, obviously, but then if you're into horror, the Hellboy ones are, are really good, and then there's a couple of really good sci-fi ones like Ascender and Descender are really good. Um, Me, You Love in the Dark is kind of a creepy short horror story. And then uh, Sandman's always classic. They've revisited that. I don't, I, now I could go on and on and on for graphic novels. But uh, what, um, what genre do you like the most? For me, uh, probably sci-fi. Sci-fi. Then I would recommend, um, there's a really good, I think it was, it was a Jeff Lemire. I can't remember the, uh, the writer's name. Um, Ascender is really good. I think you would like that. And then there's actually a sequel, Descender, that takes everything in the sci-fi version of the story and then mm-hmm. puts it in almost like a fantasy setting with robots. So it, it's it's really an interesting story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite things. I was saying one of my favorite things to bring on a plane because yes. there's there's a kind of, there's an ease to kind of drop in, in and out of a graphic novel much more than maybe a novel that that uh, is just written because I don't know, maybe, maybe the pictures kind of allow you to know where you are a little easier or remind you where you have once been. And on a, on a long-haul flight, uh, usually I'm kind of jumping in and out of stuff. I watch a film, yeah. eat some food, maybe listen to some music, read something. And reading a graphic novel in a plane has always been, like for me, the perfect time. Uh, and that's the to reason too. Like you said, you could jump in and out of it, and, and uh, you know, in case uh, if you want to take a nap or whatever. Right. It's 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 yeah. It's a great thing to read. And then I, I've always found too now that I have so many graphic novels, I'm running out of space. So yeah. I've gotten, I've started to get a lot more on digital, and it's been a lot easier. Then you know, you just bring your tablet, and you could yeah. you have like your library with you to read. Yeah, I had to throw out or or give away, I should say, a whole kind of half a bookcase of graphic novels over the years. I've been very lucky. People have been like, oh, check this out. Like mm-hmm. you today. Check this out. Have a read. Have a read. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you find yourself thinking, okay, I'm going to try and just keep the classics because they, <laughs> they do take up quite a bit of space, you know. And Chris, Chris's new one will be within those uh, classics now. Oh. You can put that oh, in your classic section. There. Absolutely. Excellent. Um, you know, podcasting has been around for a while now, but if you've been doing it for 10 years, you were certainly yep. at a point where it probably hadn't caught fire in the way that it's done now. No, we were kind of one of the early adopters to the point when we created the company, Comedy Film Nerds, about for, with comedians reviewing movies. And we added the podcast, actually, it was originally just a website. And that's when, you know, my, my partner, Graham Elwin, who I started with, he said, uh, well, we need to add a podcast. And of course, everyone's question after that was, what's a podcast? Mm-hmm. And we added that, and then the podcast became far more popular than the website. So we actually kind of um, put all the resources into there, and it kind of grew from there. And we had fans all over the world. In fact, in the documentary, we actually go and visit like the comedy film nerds fans into like Australia and Japan, and it's it was really fun. But 
The thing about podcasting is you don't realize how far your reach goes. That's what's so amazing about it. You know, how many people you're talking to. Um, so it's, there's no medium really quite like it. And, and with your interest in film, you, that was, that was the best subject to pick. Have you just, have you just done one podcast over the years or have you done a few? Absolutely. That was the, uh, well, like we just, I loved film, grew up, you know, watching film would always go into the blockbusters, grab the VHS tapes. If anybody in the audience remembers what those are, sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but then, um, we ended in 2019. Then I started a, a couple other new podcasts. I started white cat entertainment, like in about 2020, right when the pandemic was hitting, which is a great time to start a new company and a lot of new endeavors. It's really, yeah. it was really helpful. <laughs> So it's kind of a spiritual successor called What Are You Watching? And I interview comedians and entertainment uh, pros and kind of find out what they're doing and then what they're watching. Because I think you could get a lot of insight from what someone is watching if they actually also make entertainment too. It kind of gives you an, another kind of layer of why they might like a show or a movie as much. And then the other podcast I started was because things were going so crazy with the pandemic. I wanted to create a podcast to help people with anxiety and uh, um, sleeplessness and insomnia. So I created The Quiet Journeys of Professor Atwood about a professor that goes to all these different journeys with a bed of like music and sound effects that can slowly kind of put you off to sleep through narrative storytelling. Oh, so wow. that, that I created oh, too. Cool. And that one's, uh, that one's been doing pretty well. What's yeah. that one called, Chris? The Quiet Journeys of Professor Atwood. So it's like a, I call it a comedy, storytelling, anti-anxiety, science, travel, um, relaxation podcast. It's kind of a hybrid nice. of all those things. Wow. And like you said, there's been, a, there's been an uptick in a lot of people trying to manage their anxiety during... Bit of a need um, for it, yes. Yeah, yeah it's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. It is crazy. Well, <clears throat> in terms of films, since you, you grew up, having films be so formative for you, mm -hmm. what were the ones in those years, in those kind of, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old years where movies become so, at least for me at least, became so important? What are the standout movies for you? You know, I grew up as a kid. I grew up on the live-action Disney movies. It was like, you know, the Herbie Rides Again, the Love Bug, sure. and all of those. But then, oh, you know, in, in the, yeah, yeah, exactly, all of those. And, uh, um, but as I got older, then, I, you know, I'm a kid, I'm a child of the 80s. So it was all like the Spielberg stuff and Goonies and, you know, Indiana Jones and, this, of course, Star Wars and all of that kind of like um, storytelling using adventure and science fiction. And um, but there wasn't a lot of fantasy. That was the one thing that was really missing because mm -hmm. the effects didn't weren't at that level yet that you mm -hmm. could actually have believable fantasy. You could still do models and spaceships, but. For some reason, no one could figure out, you know, elves and trolls. So, mm. <laughs> but so that was the one thing I was always oh, read fantasy books. I'm like, why can't I get a good fantasy, you know, movie? Mm. And uh, until, of course, Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter changed all of that. You know, we 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 had like the best we could get when I did enjoy these movies was Conan. You know, yeah, and, Conan was pretty cool. And, uh, yeah. There was a Dark Crystal. Uh, Dark Crystal. Dark Crystal. Yes, Ooh, it's pretty course. good. And then I remember there was. A couple super bad low budget ones, like uh, this will do a deep dive into IMDb, but Hawk the Slayer right, was one yeah. that yes. was insane. That was, <laughs> I saw that. But, yeah, uh, but yeah. that was, yeah. <laughs> but that was, that was kind of what I, I grew up on. It was always the sci fi adventure, you know, and the comedies and all of, all of those movies that just kind of like, oh, I'm going to be watching films all the time forever. Right, <laughs> right. Well, I love that sound. 
because that is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources that was once reserved for big businesses, so that upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and all the other ones. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash onion, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash onion right now. Shopify.com slash onion. I think I've spoken about this before on on the podcast, Dom, but like when, because I, I may be slightly older than you guys, but I was there when video just came out and like before Blockbuster and the video stores were sometimes just the store at the end of the street or little stores had just started to pop up. And there was basically the same five or six films in every store. And I've tried to work out, I even asked Marco Desky, the producer of Lord of Rings and other people about why that would be. But like every video store that we went to, it was Pete Jackson's Bad Taste, um, mm-hmm. The Wild Bunch, Warriors, uh, and that was that was like the big three. And everybody mm-hmm. watched and re-watched those films. Mm-hmm. Do you have a memory of that, Chris, or was that was that before your time? Was it Blockbuster with a, a store full of videos? That was definitely a little bit before. Like my uh um my memory is more of the blockbuster where you would go in and it would still be four movies, but there would be a thousand copies of each one. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, rows and rows and rows. And when a new one came out, it was impossible to get it because everyone had ordered yes. it. I remember trying to get Ramble for about two months. Yeah. Yeah. And they, like you couldn't you couldn't get the ones that you wanted because there's and then when you went into the indies and the the lesser known movies, there was one copy of each. So if there was any other film fan in your city, they had already gotten it. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy where that's all gone. I mean, obviously, it was it was a little bit of a little kind of piece of my week every so often would be the two hours or so that I would spend browsing in a video store and then became a, you know, a DVD store. And that's kind of gone now. When Billy and I moved to New Zealand, obviously we got to know restaurants, we got to know cafes, we got to know bars and things like that. And another thing that we got to know was video shops. You know, there was a, there was a kind of almost like a blockbuster type video shop right in the center there where you could get all the stuff that you would know. But there was an absolutely fantastic video shop called Arrow Street Video that not only had a few blockbusters, but prided itself on having real deep cuts in movies. And they had a great section of staff 
that could recommend stuff to you. So you might go in and say, you know, I've been watching three or four French films in a row and I really like them. Is there anything you recommend? They'd be like, yeah, there's these eight films here and you should do this. And here's an animated French film. And they were fantastic. That was one of the best video shots I've ever been into. Yeah. And there's like a couple movies where, you know, that uh, if the owners or the people that work there, like if they have these movies, you know, they're going to have like a, a crazy good selection of, like you said, like deep cuts, like, and actually Peter Jackson's like meet the feebles is one of them. Like, sure. you know, if, if the video store had that one, like, okay, well now there's going to be a, um, a, a plentiful bounty of riches of yeah. obscure movies that I'm really going to enjoy. I think Tarantino worked in the video shop, didn't he? And yeah. I just, I just think like, yeah. I mean, Tarantino's so animated in, in life. He's so animated about movies. It would have just been a real amazing moment to have walked into a video shop in the early 90s or, you know, kind of mid 80s type thing and have a young Tarantino yes. come over to you and be like, you got to watch this Italian Western or, yeah. you know, you got to watch this, this <laughs> French film that no one has ever seen before. That would just be an, an yeah. incredible moment. And I'm sure like he was always like, someday I'm going to make these movies. Yeah. They're like, okay, Quentin, your break's over in 10 minutes. Right, yeah. right. I'm sure you get that a lot. So that, yeah. that whole culture behind the video shop has kind of died. Although, is, is there still one remaining blockbuster in the country or has that died too? Because there was for a long time this last great blockbuster in the United States. There was actually a documentary about it too. Yeah. It called the the last, literally the last blockbuster. I don't know if it's still open or not. That's a good question. I, uh, the only, the only, I was telling Elijah this story at the weekend. The only time I've ever been arrested in my life was in a blockbuster video. <laughs> yeah. You didn't pay a late fee? Uh, no, it was a little bit more than that. But <laughs> I, um, I've been kind of like, I've been thrown into the back of, police vans at football grounds when groups around me were fighting and I was just like oh I'm just in a group of 40 people I had nothing to do with it and you kind of get you know a slap on the wrist and taken away this the story of shame about me being arrested in uh just just outside actually blockbuster video is um it always starts when you're drunk I was drunk and um I went to blockbuster with my girlfriend and my best mate Tom to rent the Wesley Snipes classic uh, Blade, oh. uh, which I didn't have in my house. I thought you were going to say Demolition Man, but go ahead. Demolition yeah. Man is also a classic, <laughs> a young Sandra Bullock yeah. who, who doesn't like that. Um, so I, you know, drunk, whatever, had planned on buying Blade a couple of weeks ago in Manchester and it kind of slipped my mind. But I remember seeing it in a video shop to buy for something like five or six pounds. And though, obviously those shops were closed. So I went into Blockbuster and they were renting it for like four pounds. And I was like, oh, for an extra pound, I could actually buy this and yeah. have this forever. I'm just going to nick it. <laughs> terrible. I know, terrible. So um, I tried to nick it, you know, like put it down the, the back of my jeans type thing. Walked out. As I walked out, I was grabbed by a security guy. And you know what's really funny? In all of these moments, we, I was talking about it with Billy and Sean and Elijah at the weekend as well. In these moments of feeling like you're close to death, you know, like a near-death experience or being naughty, the overwhelming emotion that I have is one of embarrassment. I'm always just embarrassed, you know, that, oh, my God, I'm going to die like this. How embarrassing. Or, oh, my God, I just got arrested like this. How embarrassing. And I remember he grabbed me and I kind of went, Oh, mate, I'm sorry about that. I was just messing around. And he was like, no, no, you're, like, you're not leaving. We're calling the police, lock the doors, put me in the broom cupboard type thing. And I was trying to get out of it whilst being really kind of embarrassed going, oh, I feel so stupid. Like, I'm sorry. Can I just, 
can I just give you a tenner? The film was, you know, four quid or whatever to rent. He's like, no, we're calling the police. Police showed up. They asked me what had gone on. And I was like, well, I don't know. I was just trying to nick it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, right, get in the car. So I got in the car. My girlfriend and Tom are outside. And they're like, what's, what's going on? And I, I couldn't, I wasn't really allowed to speak. I was like, oh, I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you later. It's like pre-mobile phones, pre-cell phones. Oh, God. Went to, the, <laughs> went to the police station in Longsight. They put me in a holding cell forever because that's what they do when they arrest you. Mm -hmm. They're, they're going to make it as hard for you as possible so that you don't do it again. So I was in a holding cell until like six in the morning. Yeah. Wow. And, they, and they probably arrested me at like, I don't know, midnight, something like that. So they then pull me out, take a statement, caution me, all this kind of stuff. And at this point, I'm sober. I've got a hangover. You know, I'm feeling terrible. And, uh, and that was it. And I, and I left. But it's the only time that I've been arrested. And it was, uh, it was all based around Blockbuster Video. So there you go, you know, um, good times in Blockbuster Video. You ever been arrested in Blockbuster Video, Chris? I, you know what? I haven't, but um, if I did, it would probably be for yelling at one of the clerks for like, you know, making fun of a movie or something. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. It would be, it'd be something like even more ridiculous than trying to steal something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll rent wherever I want. <laughs> I, do, I did really love that first Blade film. I know, you know, Wesley Snipes has had a bad rap over the years for, mm -hmm. you know, no, known for, you know, not being the easiest guy to work with. I thought he was great as Blade, that opening sequence where Tracy Lords picks up the guy and takes yep. him to the abattoir and they're all mm -hmm. dancing and the blood comes right. through the ceiling. That's really fun. I remember saying to my friends when The Matrix came out and they'd introduced like strict bullet time into The Matrix. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, what they did in The Matrix is extraordinary and incredible and changed movies. They're kind of hinting at it in Blade a couple of times. There's like almost like half bullet time. You see a little, clearly they've... They've been testing out the way that it works. And you see a little moment where something happens and the camera kind of like swoops around, you know? Oh, yeah. That was when Blade came out. That was like cutting edge special effects. When that, when that trailer came out, we're like, oh, my God, yeah. this is this is really cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they they're rebooting Blade because I know um, Marvel got the rights back. Yeah. And is it Mahershala Ali? Mahershala, yep. He's going to be, he's uh, he's such gonna be a Blade. fantastic actor. So definitely looking uh, looking forward to that. But, yeah, there was. I think there were three Blade movies. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds was in one, right? And yes, he was an absolute weapon in yeah. one of them. And there was there was a TV, a very short lived TV series uh, for Blade. I think it was on. I don't remember what it was on, but yeah, that didn't last long. So Blade's ready for a reboot. Blade is definitely ready for a reboot. There's supposed to be a moment in Blade Three, I think, because I know the guy who wrote it and produced it. Where I don't know what's going on here, but. Wesley Blade, Wesley Snipes, is lying like on a slab and he's supposed to have his eyes open and Wesley Snipes refused to open his eyes. So they, really? They, so they digitally added on his eyes after in post-production. That, he was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? No, nah, I don't want to. Don't yeah. want to. But you're supposed to be awake, Wesley, but I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll do it later. That that's a really weird thing to like. Um, that's a weird hill to die on as an actor. Like, well, can you just open your eyes? Nope, not nope, going to do it. Not going to do it. Um, well, let's go back a little bit because we're because we're doing graphic. We're doing graphic. I've got a hair on my Manchester United cap, which is driving me crazy. We're doing graphic novels and podcasting. I want to jump around a little bit. I wanted to ask you about if there's someone out there who's listening to podcasts, enjoying podcasts, is 
is keen on potentially starting up a podcast in their own house, which I know a lot of people are doing and the market's being flooded and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But what advice would you give to someone who is thinking of doing something kind of, you know, from their bedroom in terms of a startup podcast thing? Well, the good news is it's like you need very little equipment now. So Mm -hmm. you could literally get started for probably under $100 Mm -hmm. if you wanted to. But I think the main thing is the, you know, you hear it all the time is content. Like if you're going to start a podcast, what are you passionate about Mm -hmm. and what can you uh, bring to the table that someone else isn't already doing? Mm -hmm. So I think if you combine those two things, like something you're really passionate about and something that you're doing a little differently, that's a good starting place. Because Mm -hmm. the thing about podcasts is I'm sure you guys have discovered over the last year and a half is that um, when you have a format, you don't have to stick to it. You could add segments, you could subtract segments, you could change the flow of the show, you could do whatever you want. It's a podcast. So that's the other advice I would give is don't be married to like a format that you start in because if something is working better or you enjoy something else better, change it up. There's no rules. Brilliant. Billy, you could do a podcast about the Borg because you're fascinated about the Borg. Totally about the Borg. I think one day we'll, we'll actually meet the Borg, but Dom, it's not a day that we should look forward to. But anyway. Are they a nefarious group of people? <laughs> yeah, they're not easy. Resistance is futile. I know, I hear you, but are the only people that are quote-unquote friends with the Borg of the Borg, or do they have the occasional human that they're pally with? No, no one. No, The, the Borg mm. only want to make more Borg. If they like you, you get assimilated. Oh, great. Yeah. I'd love to be assimilated. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. And if they don't like you, you'll get assimilated. So, I mean, as I've oh, said, Dom, but resistance slower. is futile. <laughs> Do you like Star Trek? Big fan of Star Trek. I was going to say, too, if you've seen the new series uh, Picard, the, um, Picard. The, the last couple episodes, the uh, Borg got uh, time travel. There was a time travel adventure with Picard, and now the Borg are suddenly helpful to the Federation. Oh. So now, things have changed a little bit with the Borg. I've got a problem with that, Chris. So do I, I actually. As a, as a yeah. Star Trek fan and a Next Generation yeah. fan, I was like, the Borg was always the big bad that Star Trek could never, the Enterprise could never negotiate yeah. with, Starfleet could never negotiate with. Don't undercut that. Leave that as the worst possible bad guy. I completely agree. There you go. I, I, and, and I feel that about all movies and TVs, I, I don't like it when... They, ser- they set a parameter and then they just change it, you know. That mm, kind of annoys me in, in all kind of TV and film. I'm like, no, I mm. like that. Leave me with that memory, mm. you know, and don't mm. start messing around with that. But what was I going to say there? Oh, yeah. So this podcast that you're doing. Um, the- I'm sorry for your loss, Billy. <laughs> The new one that you're doing. And I would never, know- I would never say anything against Picard. He's my favorite captain. But anyway. Yeah. Until I get the chance to play the captain. And, oh, and you would be marvelous. Can I just say Wouldn't that? I? I'm just putting that out into the ether. A couple of weeks ago, we had a little sequence where yeah. there was a skirmish off the starboard bound, and Billy was a captain, yeah. and he was mm. incredible. Really? You'd be brilliant. And you might be wondering, Chris, what would Dom be? You know, first mm. mate, would he be down in the engine room? Would they be in charge mm-hmm. of, you know, whatever? I'll tell you what it'd be, Chris. Mm-hmm. It'd be the cleaner. Yeah. And, oh, and right. just just the toilets. So the only time you meet his character yeah. is when, when someone's had a good poo and somebody's got to get in there and clean that bowl. 
that's when you would see Tom. Yep. Yeah, happy, anyway. to, happy to do so as well. Yeah. Also on on the ships, on the Star mm. Trek ships, as you know, you know the doors kind of go shh, shh. But in the toilet, I have added a lock so that if you are oh, taking nice. a shit, you can actually lock it because obviously any motion shh, opens yeah. it. And if you're in the middle of kicking your legs yeah, back, yeah. if it's a big one, you might open it. So I fashion locks in the Star Trek toilets and I give out tiny little uh, peppermints. It sounds like Chief Engineer would be pop. Would I be, would uh, like to be promoted, yeah. actually. Mm-hmm. Have a think about it, Captain. <laughs> that would be the second season, Dom. But, um, okay. yeah, well, we're, go- <laughs> well, we're going to talk about... But before we go on to your podcast, that just rem- reminded me of something, Dom, with a shh, shh, and the door that opens. Like that. I don't know if you'll yeah. remember, but... Um, or, Chris, if you've spent any time in the UK, but um, British Real changed their the toilets where it wasn't just a manual lock it it was a th- it was like a it was like a star trek door it went shh, and when it closed mm-hmm. you pressed a close button but you also had to press a lock and no one ever remembered because it seems weird to press mm-hmm. close and lock and a sort mm-hmm. of you know and one yeah. time i oh. i did press the open thinking nobody was going to be in it and there was a there was an elderly lady sitting on the throne there, oh. and oh, that's she insane. wasn't pleased. I wasn't pleased. I, I wrote a, a long letter to British Rail. Mm-hmm. But anyway, as I was about to say, I like the idea of your I like the idea of your your new podcast, Chris, and um, because it sounds like it takes your love of movies and uh, TV, but then as you say, you're now tying it into. So I suppose um, I just started uh, listening to one there, I think, or it might have been your old one. But you're then talking about um, someone's career or whoever you're talking to, but then linking that to what they're watching at this moment. Is that right? Yes. And uh, like I had... um... Um, Mark Guggenheim on, who was like in charge of like all of these CW entertainment shows. And oh, like, I thought that was the Facebook guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and all of the um, uh, all of those shows. And then to hear like what he's talking about, like when I have showrunners on, like Jay Cogan, who ran The Simpsons and Frasier for a while to see, he's watched every single episode of like Saturday Night Live. Like, mm-hmm. and to hear like what they're watching and why. You know, after he talked to them, like I had like Buzzy Cohen on, who was one of the uh, Jeopardy champions, and it, it's. It's really interesting because I was Buzzy I, Cohen. He's uh, he was one of the Jeopardy champions. Oh yeah, I was doing yeah. Jeopardy. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you got me. I did. <laughs> um, but it's uh, it's always been fun because everyone always surprises you too. Like uh, I had another comedian on, and I was like, okay, well, I wonder what she's watching, and it was something like Australian procedural crime dramas. Oh, <laughs> like uh, like yeah. uh, everyone thinks that like, well, everyone else is watching this or I'm watching something that no one else has watched. And it, it, you get the whole spectrum of, of things that are watching. Some people are watching YouTube videos with a billion views that I've literally never heard of. Ooh. And uh, so it's, it's, it's a fun show for sure. I would love saying, to have oh, you guys on it. We would love to mm-hmm. be on William, Captain. Are you in? Let's do a, let's do a, a very short episode just now. And we'll ask Dom, Dom, what are you watching just now? I don't know if that's the kind of style well, you would ask that. And Chris, maybe I'll leave it to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's interesting that you said YouTube. Mm-hmm. I've been telling Billy for a while now, 
I'm sure we all went through a, a whole bunch of changes in our life during COVID. And one of the small changes for me is that I kind of navigated towards YouTube instead of watching what would be a movie a night or, or maybe two or three episodes of a TV show a night. I think maybe based on the stress levels of what was going on in the world and all that kind of stuff, maybe I wanted something just a little bit more bite-sized. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, where can I watch something that's 15 minutes long or 20 minutes long, something like that? Obviously YouTube. YouTube has exploded in terms of its content and the quality of its content. So I found myself watching YouTube shows, you, uh, you know, long-form YouTube mm -hmm. things. Nowadays, my only criticism of that for me personally is it has kind of fried my brain a little bit. Last night, I watched A Few Good Men because I, I was just thinking, I want to watch something kind of procedural drama, but, you know, a, a classic, something kind of easy that I've seen before. So I watched A Few Good Men. I put it on. And, you know, once I started, I was like, oh, this is like two and a half hours. I don't even know if I'm going to get through two and a half hours. Thankfully, I did because it is a fantastic film. But you have to break it up into YouTube sections. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, li a little bit, you know. Um, I'm trying to think of the last. I was, I, I was searching last night. This is how I got into A Few Good Men. I was searching last night for the most exciting films that have ever been made. So things like 12 Angry Men came up. Mm -hmm. The Godfather, Lawrence of Arabia. And I was like, okay, seen all those. They're a little mm -hmm. long for me. I'm looking for something that maybe I don't know. I love Gaspar Noe's work. You know, Gaspar Noe, he did Irreversible and oh, Into the Void. Yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. pretty, pretty tough stuff to yeah, watch, yeah. but there's no question that you could say that they're exciting. But honestly, I think the reason why I got into this, not that this is necessarily my favorite film of all time, but just in terms of a movie-going experience, it was just such a a fun ride. I wanted to watch something similar to Ready Player One. Did you see Ready Player One? I did see Ready Player One. Just yeah. kind of, mm -hmm. you know, it's not going to change the world, but it's great fun and it's a roller coaster. Um, so from Ready Player One, it took me to A Few Good Men, which is a strange little connection, yeah. but that's, that's where we got there. <laughs> That's a broken algorithm. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> well, what about, what about you? If, you? if you were to potentially attempt to answer that question, is there anything that jumps out in terms of, oh, well, here's, here's three exciting movies no question that you might want to check uh, out well i definitely um really enjoyed everything and everywhere all at once Love which just too. came out and uh it was really good and it was also one of those movies that you know you get every once in a while where you watch the movie and you're like well clearly there were no studio notes here this is a, a specific vision of the filmmakers and the writers and the directors and the actors and because how would you note a movie like you can't you can't note a movie like that um yeah so it was brilliant. So inventive. Yeah. And you have a movie like that where you can enjoy it all the more because you're like, okay, well, this is a very specific vision. And it worked the way it tied together everything from time travel to multiverse to um, familial drama to martial arts. And it was like, well, if you put all those things, you know, in a box, you'd be like, well, there's no way that this would all come together. And they, they pulled it off. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It works. It and putting Jamie great. Lee Curtis in as oh, the villain. Was so funny. <laughs> yeah, it was. She was costumes brilliant. were amazing in that. Yeah, yes. she was fantastic. Yeah, really good. And I think uh, Doctor Strange I really enjoyed and because mm -hmm. I'm a big Marvel fan and I actually, because I saw WandaVision before and the way it kind of, um, the way it tied together with some of the other Marvel properties, mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that. And um, the other movie that I really, really liked that went under the radar for a lot of people, even though it was an Academy Award uh, nominated film, was Drive My Car. Oh, I've not seen it. It's absolutely it. fantastic. But okay. I will say this. Writing this down. It's uh, it, it's great to watch 
in smaller doses. Okay. Like if you break it up and, and treat it more like a mini series. Was it a long movie? It's a super long movie. Oh, it's okay. um I think three and a half hours, oh. something like that. And it's uh part of the subplots is about a play. So you have a lot of characters giving monologues with subtitles and they're really deep and there's a lot of layers to them. So it's because I knew like if I watch this all the way through, mm. I'm going to drift after hour two. Yeah. So and I don't want to do that. I want to really give this movie my full attention. Yeah. And when I broke it up and I was able to really focus and concentrate on it, I, I think I enjoyed it all all the more. Drive my car. I'm mm -hmm. writing it down. Um fantastic i mean you were talking about long films there some of my favorite ever film watching experiences is knowing it's going to be long knowing that mm -hmm. you're going to watch the godfather or you're going to watch lawrence of arabia or you, you're going to watch you know s something that is pushing into the three hour mark and yeah. thinking okay this is going to get broken up there's going to be mm -hmm. a moment where i'm going to rush to the bathroom put the kettle on grab a biscuit, maybe make a sandwich. You know, I, I, I like that kind of process. You're like, okay, half my day is yeah. being decadent and yep. watching a movie. Amazing. And, you know, even if you saw it in a movie theater, there was an intermission anyway when those movies came out. Right, so true. you would get a break regardless. You're just, you know, it's, it's quicker and easier to go to the bathroom and get a snack now. Do you still go to the movie theater? I do, just not as much um, because there's so many other choices in the way things are being distributed and uh, shown through streaming. Uh, but I, right, uh, yeah. everywhere and everything all at once, I just saw in the theater and I saw Doctor Strange in the theater. So those were the two. But I, I mean, with comedy film nerds, I was literally going every single week. I yeah. was, and I would always go during, yeah. I would call it dad time. I would go Fridays at 11 a.m. where it was Perfect. like me and two other senior citizens in the theater, no matter what movie it was. Perfect. So, but it was, uh, it was always there a, is, a fun time. There is something weird. Like, even when you're saying, and I understand what you were saying about cutting that movie up, um, because like how dense a kind of monologue would be if it's uh, subtitled and all that. But I wonder if there is still something that we're missing uh, as we don't go to the movie theaters as much as we did. Because I noticed with my son, uh, who's very, very into um, films and, and filmmaking, but older movies where, you know, the edit is a little slower or the storytelling's maybe a little slower. In the house, he, he can't focus on that. But if we go to a, a, an old classic uh, movie theater, we can sit and watch those movies and he'll enjoy them. So there must be something about sitting in a community and the lights going out and putting the focus yeah. on one thing that does make you go, okay, it's easier to sit here for two hours or three hours than it is to sit yeah. on the sofa where your phone's close well, by and the kitchen's close by and, you know. I was just going to say, yeah. I think this thing yep. is the real criminal because I, in the, in the small moments in my life where I do not like myself, it's always when I reach for my phone when I'm having a great experience. And I'm always like, what are you doing? Like, oh, oh, I've, got, I've got great. a lot of other, other reasons. Yeah, you've got a like list. I know, so yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. You've got it here. Yeah. You, you want me just to text it to you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just email it. I just need to press send. But it's so bizarre that it's like fried my brain. I'll be like watching a film and I'm like, this is fantastic. Let me tell my friends this is fantastic. Yes. This is a fantastic film. 
I can't take my eyes off the screen. Yeah, this film is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And then you look back, you're like, wait, wait, wait what, did, what just happen? happened? I missed, I missed it. Yeah. So annoying. <laughs> Billy, I was going to ask you, because I'm interested to see if maybe I can mine another film out of Chris. Is there any particular kind of, you know, genre or, or part of the movie world where you're like, I really like these films. Could you recommend this? Because I've had exciting films, so I've got Drive My Car in the exciting film section. But see, not I porn. thought Don't you. Do porn. I thought your your um, I thought your uh, description of exciting or what you're thinking of as exciting is different to me because, like, Twelve Angry Men, I wouldn't put in the list of exciting movies. That would be in Raiders of the Lost Art and The Matrix for me. Well, I. I, I Google searched, you know, the, the most exciting films of all time. And a lot of the list that came up were ones, same as you, where I was like, that's not exciting. The Godfather is, you know, you know, a thrilling movie and exciting at times, but I wouldn't necessarily say that it's as exciting yeah. as yeah. everything everywhere all at once. It's I weird think. that the internet list bots wouldn't get that right. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. more than anything else, what the, what the list bots were pulling up was the greatest films of all time. So I'd put the... Yeah the most exciting films of all time. And they were like, oh, they, he means he the means best that, yeah, films yeah, ever. Yeah, you know? best, yeah. yeah. and uh, you know, the bots, they're, they're very disrespectful. They're probably thinking, well, he won't know the difference. Right, yeah. right. Well, I was just going to, have you seen Decalogue? It's, I think he's called Kosminski, but that might, that might be totally wrong. This was a series of 10 films based around the 10 commandments. So obviously with each commandment, they have a different film. And it was consistent. I think he's a Polish filmmaker consistently talked about by Stanley Kubrick while he was alive as his favorite series of films ever. I have not seen them. It's tough to watch. Uh-huh. You know, European cinema, you know, obviously subtitles, which is fine. I love subtitles films, but, mm-hmm. you know, Polish, there's not a huge amount of chuckles and laughs in there. It is an extraordinary piece of work, but you just think about someone like Kubrick, who obviously knew exactly what he was talking about, and he was like, that is the greatest series of films ever. So, there you go, Chris. There's one from me. Nice. Oh! All right. In your podcast, Chris, was there any moments like that when a guest came up with a film and you're like, oh, I've never seen that, and then you went back and watched it and thought, how did I miss that one? Um, that happened a lot. Yeah, it happened with yeah. comedy film nerds and also is happening uh, with what are you watching, and it's because it's, it's TV shows too. Like wh- One of the things ah. that uh, I completely went under my radar that um, – a a couple guests kept mentioning were two shows, uh, Dairy Girls, that's on oh, Netflix brilliant. right there, which is absolutely fantastic that I'd never heard of, brilliant. and Righteous Gemstones on uh, HBO Max. Mm-hmm. And uh, those were two shows. I'm like, I'd, I've never heard of these. And they're like, and then when I got them, like, you know, it, you almost get angry at yourself. How have I missed this? Yeah. <laughs> because they were mm-hmm. so good. And I, I had my daughter watch Dairy Girls with me too. She's 17 and she's loving it too. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. There's just so much content out there. We can't yeah. give ourselves that much of a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Billy, should we eat the world? Billy and Dom eat the world. So every week, Chris, we, we ask our uh, illustrious guests to recommend a food item that maybe maybe something that you've grown up with or something that you're very fond of or has a mm-hmm. has a special uh place in your in your heart and in your stomach so you've recommended something to us or to to me because yeah. billy's not here <laughs> uh that we're gonna eat but do you want to give us a little backstory blurb on it absolutely uh as a kid this is a, a little bit uh, nostalgic this food choice um growing up we would always have like a Jack and Jill ice cream truck that would drive through our neighborhood. And the things that you would get there would either be water ice or one of those cones 
that you would take the top off it would have like chocolate on it and then you get the cone and then you get the vanilla ice cream so it was kind of like a sundae all at once and uh uh, when Trader Joe's came out with these hold the cone, oh, thank you. Um, I This kind of like hit the sweet spot for me for the nostalgia of like, I remember this is kind of like what I grew up with as a, as a kid, but they're also smaller and I get less calories now. So as an adult, I had to uh, <laughs> um, temper it with that as well. I hear you. So mm -hmm. Billy, you eat a cashew and we're going to eat a chocolate chip and chocolate uh Ice cream cone, which I'm very excited about. Where are you? Oh, all right, you're starting with. Is this just the chocolate? Do you this know? Is, uh, I think this is the chocolate chip one. I think. Oh, Billy. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy so, a cashew. Are they yeah. salted, Billy? Are they roasted? Yeah, they're roasted. They're salted them. Ooh, oh, that looks oh. good, actually. Now, Billy and I did a podcast recently where we asked a live audience, do you like it when we chew on the mic or do you not like it? when we chew on the mic. And I think 75% didn't like us chewing on the mic, which is a shame because I think I pushed the chewing on the mic thing more than anything else. You know, yeah. you know it's, um, I think it might be universal podcast audience thing. Mm -hmm. um, we did an Academy Award show once for uh, comedy film nerds where it was live and, you know, because the Academy Awards is rather long. So we had dinner in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. Forgot to turn the mics off. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, there was about 20 minutes, uh, 15 to 20 minutes sporadically of um, the guests listening to us also eat pizza and talk about movies. So I can understand. So it can I, sometimes be a little bit obnoxious. Yeah. It seemed, it seemed a very high number of people definitely didn't like to hear us, uh, our mastication on, on the microphone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You should masticate in private, is what they're saying. But you wonder too, could you win them over? Like if you did it a different way, would mm -hmm. they would they come around? Mm. Well, Billy has moved into that time in his life. I wonder if you're here, Chris, where he uh will apply uh food items to different parts of his face and just leave it there while he's eating. My dad's there, my uncles are there. Something happens when you get over the age of fifty. I'm five years away. Billy was never like this. I've known him for twenty years fastidious eater, cleaned his face, and now you go out and he's got stuff on his cheeks. He's got yeah. stuff in his sideburns, stuff on his chin. I don't know how you do it, Bill. Well, honestly, after 50, yeah, our faces become magnetic and it just, <laughs> it just grabs the food. I think you've got more gaps in your teeth as well. I think oh. you have slight gaps in your teeth that you never used to have that where you could escape a part of a nut or a crumb from, yeah. say, a pita bread and find it yeah. upon your chin. Ah, wait, so you're saying that the gaps in your teeth actually lead towards holes in your face and that's where the food ends up, yeah. No, they'll come out the hole, theory. the gap in your oh, tooth yeah. that you never used to have, it'll get its yeah. way through what, what is called the hamster cheek, which is the lower part, mm. and then it'll mm -hmm. whip out onto here. Okay, well good, I'll go with that theory. How, how, how's that ice cream? Taters. Amazing, if you don't mind me saying. Have they really? Um, I know, they're really good. Me and Dom were just really talking, were just talking before you came on there. That, uh, so these are from Trader Joe's, right? And I, I want to love, I want to love Trader Joe's because I've got so many friends who are like, I'll be speaking to them and I'll say, what are you doing today? Oh, after this, I'm going to Trader Joe's. I need to pick up the granola and these $10 that I love and this chocolate nut thing. And and it seems like Trader Joe's is a place where people go 
like not to get the day-to-day things you know i'm going from a bread i'm going for eggs kind of thing but they have specific things like those that they're like oh my god there's a there's a trader joe's i'm going to get this and that and i want a list of like seven or eight things that i go to in trader joe's and i can't live without because i have nothing that i go to to trader joe's for and i want those things the only thing i ever get is that two buck chuck where you get a bottle of wine for two dollars seems like a good deal oh yeah yeah trader joe's has figured out like that weird niche of like we're only going to stock food that you don't need but that you really want yeah yeah that's yes very interesting vibe but how do you find those things that you really you know my friend will say oh they have a you know pecan and honey granola that oh, we can't live without and you're like well when did you pick that up when how did you know it's uh, trader joe's because they keep their prices lower mm-hmm. you get to do a lot of trial and error with their food ah. so that's uh, that's really it really is more of uh um well that looks good i'll try it if i like it i'll buy it again but yeah mm-hmm. and also from a cultural point of view if we're talking trader joe's uh i'm sure they won't mind me saying this their car parks are up Taters. <laughs> they, they specifically set up Taters. car parks less less space than the actual people that might be in trader joe's so i think what they're trying to promote is get in get out leave I'm, buy I'm, buy stuff and then f off Hundred percent. No one's ever said, "Boy, the Trader Joe's parking lots are great." Yeah, yeah. It's so weird that. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to give these some scores, but I did want to ask you a question, Chris. Um, mm-hmm. What is there a? We were talking about this just before we we started the show, but I'd love to bend your ear on it. Is there a genre of movie for you that is probably more your blind spot than anything else? Uh, yeah, it's probably sports movies. Well. Yeah, because I, you know, I'm not a, a huge uh, sports fan. So when a sports movie comes out, uh, I'm like, okay, well, I may not, you know, quite relate to it the way like a football fan or a basketball fan may really enjoy. Like, I could still enjoy Hoosers, but if you're watching it as a, a fan, you're going to enjoy it that much more. So, sure. uh, I think that would probably be it. All right, cool sports movies. Well, I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm, I'm a massive mm-hmm. sports fan. Chris, can I leave you uh, on that thought? with my favorite movie of all time, which I don't know if you've ever seen it. Dom will tell you what this is. What is it, Dom? Billy's favorite movie of all time is Gregory's Girl. Oh, okay. A classic. Have you mm-hmm. seen it? Have you I haven't, yeah. no. But oh. now see, now see it's, I've already, I'm getting something on my list I'm going to watch now. Wow. Mm-hmm. Pitch it to him, Bills. Scottish mm-hmm. film made by Bill Forsyth, who made Local Hero. It was his, I think his film before Local Hero. And it's about a high school in Scotland uh, and their their football team, their soccer team. And a girl uh, joins the soccer team and she's brilliant. She's a forward and scores all the goals. And the guy who was the forward is then put in the goal and he falls in love with her. And it is brilliant. It's a wonderful Uh, coming of age love story. Yeah. You will love it, Chris. I'm glad I could leave you with that. You Watch that it. tonight. Yes, absolutely. That's oh, a great film, Chris. Mm-hmm. Like Billy said, charming and beautiful and makes you laugh when you don't expect it and maybe mm-hmm. get a little tear in your eye. Oh, it's, it, it is a classic. It's an absolute classic. Cool. Um, well, we should give this some scores. Billy, do you want to score your cashew nuts for us or are you not interested? I'll tell you what, Tom. 
when I when I have a cashew, I normally like to go uh, organic, and I'm not really sure why. Just because I feel like, well, it's a nut. It's came straight from the ground, mm. and uh, so I feel as if it's if it was organic, it's coming right from the ground, roasted, salted, and straight mm. into my mouth. There's no messing around. Ooh. These ones aren't. Sure. Uh, they're from a company called Beaver. They were tasty. I'll give them <laughs> eight out of ten. I like it. I like the way they look. Give them eight out of ten. Are they useful? Very much so. Ten out of ten. Mm-hmm. Oh, lovely. Well, that's high scores. Well, we should we should score these. So we so we score them on these things on three categories, Chris. Mm-hmm. We do flavour or taste, mm-hmm. aesthetics, the way that it looks, and then Billy's uh, category, usefulness. Which usefulness. Just go yeah. with us on that one. He won't. He won't drop. It. <laughs> Got it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to try the chocolate one again because it was absolutely decadent. But Chris, do you want to start with the scores out of 10? And you can do decimal points if you feel. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, taste for me and with the nostalgia factor, it's definitely a, a 10 out of 10 oh. for me. Um, what was the second? What was the second category? Aesthetics. The Aesth- look. Aesthetics. You know what? They look okay, but they are tiny, and they they're sometimes the top can get a little lopsided. Ooh. So I would go probably with a seven point five on aesthetics. Okay, um, <laughs> um, usefulness. Mm-hmm. Outside of it being an ice cream, is there anything yeah. else you can do with it? Yeah, you can I, shove it in would you put it into a, would you put it into a blender? Blend it up, create some sort of cream that you then put on a pie, or would you, for instance? See, See, now you're Dorsal. raising my score with these ideas. So this, <laughs> I, I was thinking, well, maybe not. But yes, that makes sense. Yeah. Because you could blend Would them you together. You could also. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you found a tiny, uh, relatively tame guinea pig, you could yes. put it on his hat, on his head, like a, like a kind of dunce hat. And know? it could also <clears throat> make it, maybe make it look like a dog or a cat is eating a large ice cream cone. The, kind of like an Instagram picture. Lovely. Yep. Lovely. So, for scale. A comedy. Uh, a and then the, mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the, oh, he's obsessed. The other thing is, uh, because it is nostalgic, kind of makes me remember those older uh, ice creams that I had when I was younger. So I'm going to go with a, uh, an 8.5 on usefulness. Lovely stuff. Well, uh-huh. I'll give it some scores. Chris, I don't, know if, I don't want you to slap me directly in the face, but I'm not really a big fan of ice cream. Oh, that's I think, okay. I, I think it's okay. But if someone said to me, you can never eat an ice cream again, I wouldn't lose a massive amount of uh, sleep over it. But I enjoyed that ice cream. I like the chocolate, uh, chocolatey kind of vibe. So in terms of taste, I'm going to give it an 8.8. Nice. I liked All it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know, Bill. It's shocking. Um, uh, aesthetics, I agree with you. I, I'm not crazy on the slight lopsidedness of the top. Although the uh, chocolatey color of the, of the chocolate chip one is great. Eh, it's a seven. Mm-hmm. And then usefulness, I'm fixated now on the idea of squishing it down on a, <laughs> on a guinea pig's head because the ice cream itself would probably fracture and cause a seal, thus keeping it on the guinea pig's head for, I would say, a good 45 minutes to an hour. So I'll give it, I'll give it a nine for usefulness. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. I like the cake idea. It's a hit. It's a <laughs> Peter's. hit. Here's the reason why you should be going to Trader Joe's bills. Yeah. Get the mini ice cream. Well, cups. there's one. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, if you're a Trader Joe's guy, Chris, give me another three things I should get when I'm at Trader Joe's. Uh, okay, this one is lemon spindrift. It's really good. It's a, uh, it's, it's a 
um, sparkling water, but it has actual lemon juice in it. So it tastes better than like an artificial, like tasting, uh, um, yeah. sparkling good water. One. Um, a lot of good trail mix over at Trader Joe's, you know, you could kind of get, you know, your, your just cashews. Is that, uh, oh, yeah, cashews, <laughs> cashews, cashews, cashews. Uh, you could get that with maybe M&Ms or something else you could get. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. You could, uh, you could get that, but you could get it jazzed up so you could have it with other nuts and other uh, candies as well uh and the one staple that we always get and i don't know why they're so good i couldn't explain it to you you'd have to have a scientist on um the gluten-free toaster waffles are amazing well i enjoy a waffle as much as the next man so if Mm -hmm. it's gluten-free people don't like gluten these days so i'll join that bandwagon i don't care if it can go straight in the toaster, yeah. Yeah. I'll give it a try, Chris, and I'll come back to you on that. Let me know, please. Thank Get you. me to a Trader Joe's. Yeah. Um, well, Chris, it's been fantastic having you on. We would love to do your podcast. Where do you Where do you record the podcast that you do? I record in LA, but it's uh, it's virtual, so you can do you guys. Uh, oh, cool. um, you know, well, we can. No matter where you guys are, we can do. Uh, yes. Yeah, we can do. Uh, um, we can. Uh, what do you call it? Beam me in. Yeah, we could do that. Up, yeah, Scotty, yeah, we could, well, uh, Billy's currently yeah. in an undisclosed location, yeah. but you'll mm-hmm. be back in Los Angeles sometime mm-hmm. soon, won't you, Bills? Canada. It's not undisclosed. Yeah. Oh well, I wanted you to disclose <laughs> it. <laughs> but yeah, and no, I'd love to have you guys on, and we'll do it remotely. And yeah, you know, tell me more about what you guys are watching. And now, if we come on, do we need to do any homework? Do we need to think these are the five things that we need to talk about? Is there any, like, because obviously we had you do homework. You sure. need to bring food. Uh, all you have to do, and this is something that everyone, you just have to watch something before the show. And it could okay. be a TV, movie, um, anything. That's okay. it. Mm-hmm. What's, the, what's the new Ben Stiller thing? I've been watching that. Severance. Oh, very good. You watched that yet, Chris? I haven't, but that's another show that everyone's saying you have to watch it. But Ooh. the problem is the you have to watch it shows that people tell you that list has gotten longer. Absolutely. So it's hard to yeah. get to everything, but that's definitely on my list to get to. Yeah, Billy and I flew together on a plane recently. I think we were coming back from Calgary and Billy uh, was watching Severance. And just before the plane took off, he showed me his computer. He went, look, I'm going to watch Severance. And I went, oh, great. And he went, yeah. And he put his headphones on and then he took his computer screen and he went, yeah. so there was no chance that I, I could watch it on mute and I thought oh well there you go friends for I don't like years. to share I don't like to share food no. movies no. good times no it's all for me <laughs> was he afraid you'd ask for like one of the earbuds so you I could share so, the, uh, yeah. yeah yeah what's going on what's going on there yeah. how come he shouted at that person there what's that about um well Chris thanks a lot for coming uh thanks for bringing the ice creams uh, thanks for being a fantastic guest. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. I've learned a lot. All the best with your new podcast. Uh, what's it called again for the people out there? It's uh, What Are You Watching with Chris Mancini and uh, The Quiet Journeys of Professor Atwood. Those are the two. And wonderful Chris brought us two wonderful graphic novels, which we should just very quickly shout out at the end of the show. Long Ago and Far Away, Chris's recent graphic novel. Uh, Sounds which great. Which looks super exciting. And something that I think that you would like, especially Bills, because you're into uh, martial arts, Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master. And guys, we will see you next week. Toodles! On the Friendship Onion! Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. 
Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.